The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ears to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That's your portion. That's my portion in Jesus' name. We will never turn away. Title of my message, Victory Over Your Enemy. And certainly, this virus is an enemy. <laughs> Amen. You know, I was thinking about what's going on and wondering what's, what we're, how we are responding. Because I'm sure God himself is, one, is also watching how believers respond. Um, I was thinking to myself, I know that in Africa, some of the believers in certain parts of the world, they know that if they go to church, they may never come back home. Because they may be killed, burnt, and there are people there, real people out to get them. And guess what they do? They still go to church. Not knowing if they will return back to their home. And here we are. Just a virus. Just a virus. You, can't, you haven't seen it. Just a virus stopping you from obeying your heavenly father. These guys are totally unafraid. That's why there is revival over and God's doing great things. We don't have to listen to the word. We have to listen to our God. God says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As the manner, God knew there would be technology, but he said to me, how would I listen to the world when God has spoken and said, well, I know he said that, but, well, your butt is in the way. You've already canceled everything God said by your butt. And it's the truth. Why should I be afraid? If God is truly with you, why should you be afraid? And so what's happening? The world is watching. You've told your friends you're a Christian and you love God and God loves you. God's with you. But you panic as well as they panic and they don't see the difference. You go to your church and I'll go to my mosque. That's the way they see it. I just don't subscribe to that. I think it was uh, uh, the Apostle John, his uh, his, uh, disciple. He said, they said, deny the Lord is enough. He knew he was going to be burned. I'm not doing that. He would rather die than to deny his master. And this thing is so important. No aspersion against anybody else. But I'm thankful that you're here. I hope they are listening from home also. That will encourage them. But the guy would, would rather die. But he could care less. And we should stay in that. God has already given us victory over our enemies. Not, we are not going to have victory. He has already declared that we have victory over our enemies. He says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So there is a fight going on. Whether you know it or not, you are wrestling. 
We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So there is someone trying to destroy your life and you are wrestling to retain your life. Destroy everything. It says, but against principalities. So what you are fighting, you can't see. Just like the virus. You can't see. Against principalities, against power, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this age. So there is the darkness of this age that's there. And the enemy is walking in the darkness, but we are of the light. And we don't have to be afraid of the darkness. Light and darkness cannot have a fight. The light comes in and darkness is gone. There is no fight between light and darkness. Darkness is too small for light. And Jesus is the light of the world. Amen? And when we have him, we are the light of the world. When we show up, darkness disappears. We don't have to be afraid. So we fight against this spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So recognize that the fight that we are in, and it's a fight of life, has nothing to do with flesh and blood. It's not your wife that's your enemy. It's not your sister or your husband, mother-in-law, father-in-law, daughter-in-law. They are not your enemy. The devil is the enemy. And he is the one responsible for all that's going on. You know, uh, years ago I started thinking about... Where did things, all these things come from? Or the virus and all this stuff that's happening in the world. Where do they come from? And as I was reading in uh, Exodus, and you know the story. The story of uh, Moses before Pharaoh. Remember that story? And then, and God was actually dealing with me before I went out to do ministry. And he was trying to show me things that yes, I can heal through you. I didn't put that there, but I can heal people. And God started asking me, basically, he says, when Moses went before Pharaoh, he had his staff, right? And the staff became the staff of God, right? And he said to me, Moses threw his, rock, his staff down before Pharaoh. What happened to it? And well, he turned into a snake. And that's a good question. I can answer that. And he said, okay, now what happened after that? And I said, well, Pharaoh asked his magicians to do the same. And so the magicians threw their, their, their rods down or their staff down. Every one of them. And he said, he said, what happened to the staff? I said, they became snakes. Question is, were they real snakes? Were they real snakes? Remember when Moses threw his staff down when he first met with God, the fire? As the staff, his whole personal staff, as soon as he turned into a snake, Moses took off. <laughs> he took off from me because he was a real snake with eyes. And the magicians were able to do the same thing. Snakes. Real snakes. And man, God says, what happened? They became snakes. He said, are they real snakes? I said, yeah, they were real snakes. And then the next question is, did I do that? Were they working with God? So how were they able to do that? Question. 
the enemy has some powers. How God gave it, I don't understand. Don't ask me, I don't understand it. But the enemy has some powers. And his powers are directed towards us to destroy us. And when he asked me, did I do that? I thought to myself, this cannot be right. It's not you that did that. It was right. And then he says, what happened next? I was glad about what happened next. The snake of Moses ate them all up. Ate them all up. I don't care what the enemy brings. But God's staff, the name of Jesus, will eat up whatever the enemy brings into your life. And that's what happened. And then I said, God said, what happened after that? I said, Moses took his uh, staff and it became the same staff. But it wasn't a father's staff, right? He was the same staff that he brought in. That's an amazing thing. And the other, the magicians are wondering, what happened to our staff? They went home without their sticks. <laughs> if, if one was dependent on his, his staff to walk, he has to borrow from somebody else because he can't get home. But that's the God we serve. He's demonstrating to us he is more powerful than whatever the enemy can bring into our life. We just have to trust him. Please understand the fight that we are in is not because of you. Have you ever met the devil? Anybody here? Have you met him? Have you ever done anything to the devil that, to make him mad? Hey, show me your hand if you've done it. Why is he fighting you then? Have you done anything to him to make him upset? You, you wronged him and now he's going to fight you? Most, we, don't, we haven't done anything. We don't, we don't even know him. We haven't seen him. That's what I mean. We don't know who he is. So really, the fight is not about you. You have to understand that. The fight is never about you. Satan is not fighting you because he just hates you. He's getting back to who he considers his enemy. He's God. You have to understand that. Before everything, anything happened here, in Revelation, it tells us this. And please get this. It says, there was war in heaven. This started all over there. The anger, the enmity, the enemy has, not against us, but against God himself. Because he wanted to be just like God. And God would not take that. Nobody will. God was not fighting with him. God was still on his throne at peace. Because you go against him, you destroy yourself. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Can you believe that? War in heaven? Fighting in heaven? But that's what Satan brought. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. So he also have assistance. People to help him. But they did not prevail. Say it with me. They did not prevail. When they are coming against you, they will never prevail. Will they fight? Yes, they're fighting. And they want to get to you, but it's not from God. And if it's not from God, you have God, his angels fighting on your behalf. You just rest. Amen? And they will not prevail. 
nor was a place found for them. I mean, when God's through with them in your life, they're gone. Amen? They are gone. That's the truth. Now there was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent, that's the devil of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. You see, there's deception already going. We think we are getting what's real. You see, the one who's deceived doesn't think he's been deceived. They think they got everything right. If they knew they were deceived, they're gone. They're not aware of it. So the deceiver is still, in, is still at work in this world. That's great deceiver. He deceives the whole world. And so if you're in the world, he's deceiving the world. And what's happening today, he's deceived from the enemy and causes people to fear. And as long as you fear, he's got you. We'll come into that. So he was cast out with his angels. But then in verse 12, he says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Those up there, but we're not there. Where are we? We are here on earth. They can rejoice. But we have no place for rejoicing all the time unless we have Jesus in our lives. He says, Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. You see that? And the sea. They're still on the earth here. Land and sea. Trouble from the enemy. He says, For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Is he angry against this? Why is he angry? He's been cast out. Who is the enemy? He's fighting God. It's not you. In my mind, and I believe this is scriptural, the devil was not made in the image of God. We were made in his image and in his likeness. And he doesn't hate God, so guess what happens? He hates you as well. You look like him. Amen? You look like him. So he wants to he wants that battle against your life. We always will have battles in our lives because the enemy is here. His time is coming. Remember the scripture? He always will say, have you come to destroy us before our time? They know their time. The time is not here. And so if you live on the earth, he's going to bring troubles into your life. You live with trouble. He says, man... That's Job 14 verse 1. Man who is born of woman is of few days full of trouble. Man, Christian, non-Christian, you have that. Because the enemy is coming against your life. And then in James, he tells us again, just for believers. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. There's trials, there's various troubles. Count it all joy... Because in your troubles, there is always victory. No matter what you're going through, there is going to come victory if you stay put. That's why they can it all joy, no matter what's coming against you. But what we want to do, when troubles come against us, all of a sudden we're depressed. We start imagining things in our minds that's going to happen to us. And guess where those coming from? From the enemy. And he tells you, they don't like you, this is happening, your boss is going to fire you. All kinds of things going through your mind because of the enemy. But uh, James tells us, we should rejoice. 
Because there's always going to be a victory. You can't go to the next level until you're tested. And God, if you say you believe in God, he allows the test to come your way. He doesn't bring the test to you. The devil has been dying to bring the test to you. And when God says, okay, now you can go, wow, he's right there. And it's to test your faith in God. That's the main thing. Because we believe in God, Satan wants to shake that faith and bring troubles into your life to the point where you believe and you start making comp- complaining, if, if, if this, this thing real, I read God does this, but nothing is happening. I've tried over and over, I've prayed again, I've fasted, I've done all kinds of stuff. And all of that you're saying, it didn't come from God, it's coming from the enemy. To make you lose your faith. Just to make you lose your faith. So, but if you believe God and you understand that all things work together for your good, no matter what it is, no matter what troubles come to you, you realize God has already set it up. He's still, he's as good as gravity. Always there. All things work together for good. So no matter what comes into your life, he's working for you. You rest and let your troubles work for you. According to the all things work together for good. To those who love God, but notice, he says, Father, to those who are called according to his purpose. He has a purpose for it. If it comes to you, there's a purpose for it. You may not understand the purpose, but don't complain. Think about Joseph. He never complains, and God puts him through his path. A lot of difficulties, a lot of pain. Many of us will be saying, God, why are you doing this to me? That was a man God chose and gave him dreams when he was very little. Now he's having to be in a well without water and his own brothers trying to kill him. And you're wondering, if God's really with me, how come my brothers want to destroy me? But the brothers are not saving me. And Joseph understood that. Never one word of complaint. When a Christian starts complaining, it's a clear sign you've taken your eyes off him. You have. You may say, no, I still believe in God, but that's not true. Because you'll never... Count it all joy. How will God tell you to count it joy when you're having a trial, a trouble, some trouble coming into your life? Why would God tell you to do that? You say, well, brother uh, Michael, I'm telling you, I'm really rejoicing now. I just found a new trial. And this one is really wonderful, painful. It's wonderful. Nobody does that. But that's what God says to do. Count it all joy because this will work out for your good. All of it is working out for your good. You will be victorious. Amen? Amen. You will be victorious. And I want to go into that scripture. But you have to understand. Satan is called many things. But also he's called the thief. He's the thief. He wants to steal your health. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your kids. He wants to make your life bitter. And before long, as the pressure increases, people begin to speak. And they begin to complain. They are still Christians, but they are complaining. And that's exactly what the Jews did in the wilderness. Let me tell you you something. As you read in the scriptures, the Jews needed water in the wilderness. Right? God could have prevented all the complaining by just providing the water before they complained. Right? He knew all things. 
He didn't do that. He waited until they were desperate. And they started complaining. But he still gave them water. Why? And over and over again, they complain before he provides. You think he didn't know that they needed those things? He's a trial to see if they will really trust him. That's all God's asking from us. The trust that we have in him, that's honor for him. When things get out of place and we don't trust him anymore, that's painful to our father. We start yielding to the fear. And after the fear comes all these great imaginations. You're afraid and Satan begins to paint a picture for you of what's going to happen to you. You're going to die. He's going to destroy you. Your family. And then now you're thinking all kinds of stuff. A letter, a letter comes in the mail and you read. And then before you know, if you allow it with fear and you don't match it immediately and say, I don't care what this is, God's going to take care of it. God's got this. Once you have that, there is no room for imagination. But once you begin to fear, guess what? You open, it's like a blank slate and Satan begins to write. And you begin to think. This is going to happen to me. This is going to happen to me. This is going to happen to my kids. Or no. And then you can't sleep anymore. That's the way of man. But God wants us to act differently. He says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill. To destroy. But then he says you are not alone. You are never alone. There is one who came also. Not just the devil coming to destroy, but there's another person who is greater. He's come that you might have life. And when we talk about life, I'm already alive. That's not what we're talking about. Every area of your life. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he means what he's saying. So you are guaranteed victory because there is one who came from heaven for you. He left heaven to be on your side. And he never quit being on your side. And so no matter what the enemy throws at you, he will always help you to have that victory. So you are victorious, already victorious. We have victory even in the presence of trouble. These are some scriptures I need to let you see. Very important. The righteous cry out. The problem is, when people have problems, they don't cry out to God. Guess who they cry out to? To their friends, family members. Tell them all their problems. Oh, and this is happening to me. And then they add, why is God allowing this to happen to me? I'll tell you. You want to know. Yet you can't know that. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears. If you have received Christ as your Savior... Every time, based on the scripture, every time you cry out, he hears. When you are pressured and the pressure comes to you, you don't understand it, you cry out. Many Christians don't cry out, they get depressed. And they don't, they, 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 they don't have the strength to pray anymore, except others are praying for them. They're so fearful. They cry out. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears. Guaranteed, you will be heard. This word is not spoken in vain. If you are righteous, you've received Christ as your Savior, and you're going through something, and you cry out, God will hear. And he's not going to say, I heard that, and just sit back there. 
hearing means he's going to do something about it. That's what that means. He said God will hear and deliver them out of what? All their troubles. He's going to deliver. You're always going to be victorious. No matter what it is. If he had allowed it, it's a test. But when the test is over, you're going to a higher place. It's like the enemy putting something in front of you to make you stumble. And it's going to be pain. But what he doesn't know, when you get to the obstacle, you just climb a little higher. You've gone somewhere higher than where you were before. And if he keeps bringing them, he's promoting you to a higher place where he cannot really deal with you anymore because you are way beyond what he can handle. Amen? Amen. It says, it will deliver them from all of their troubles. Then it tells us in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Amen. <laughs> That's what God says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can you hear the word all? Oh, can I hear it from you? All of them. Did God mean what he's saying? Yes. Why are we still struggling? We don't believe him. We don't believe what he says. We don't believe what he says. We believe the letter that comes from the mail or what we've seen on television more than the God we say we believe. That's the issue. We do that. I'd like Psalm 46. This is a great so one, two, three. And Psalm 44 coming to those. God is our refuge and our strength. God is our hiding place. That's our stronghold. When we are God, with God, everything is fine. No matter what. That's our stronghold. It's our refuge. Why do you need a refuge? Because there's trouble all around you. God is our refuge. A very present help in trouble. So he's always there. Before the trouble came and after the trouble leaves, God's always there. He is part of your life. God said in, uh, in John chapter 14, I believe verse 20, he says, at that day, in that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. So you have become like one with God. He's always there. No matter what's happening to you, he's always there. You're wondering why if God's with me, am I going through troubles? Well, Jesus went through so many troubles. Criticism. Even his brothers making life painful for him. We can go through that as well. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not what? Fear. When God's in your life, you have nothing to be afraid of. No matter whether it's your business, your children, your family, your, your marriage, whatever it is. Do not fear. Because God's with you. That's what the scripture says. I have no reason to be afraid of anything. God's going to take care of me. He is my refuge. He is my hiding place. He is my stronghold. And my strength. I have nothing to be afraid of. I've got God. 
And I yield to his will. I yield to his purpose in my life. That's very important. You will not fear. Even though the earth be removed. Now, think about it. Even if the earth is removed, you still will not fear. But when the virus comes, you're scared. Hello. <laughs> Just a little. We're talking about the old earth being removed. That's chaotic, right? And still, because you are with God, you have no fear. But here we are, just a little virus, and everybody's like, what's happening? I went to the grocery store, and I, oh my God. <laughs> Long lines. And they want to shake your hand by doing this. And they wonder, what's going on? Just because of what they heard on television. You know what? That's preaching from the enemy. Every day, the politicians speak and they talk. It's all preaching. You don't understand it. Devil has some evangelists. Oh, yes. He has a lot of evangelists and they're preaching to the people. And guess what's happened? Some of them are believing they're preaching. And they're reacting to their preaching. Just like you hear the scriptures and you believe. That's what's going on. You will not fear. You will not fear. He's a very present help in the times of trouble. Even if the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, you can watch the mountain going up. Wow, what's going on? Still, you're standing without fear. And it's like, what's going on? We're all going to die. No, the mountain is going into the sea. Something is strange. God said, you will not fear. So fear is very important. When things are going chaotic, if you are saying, if God is your refuge, you shouldn't be afraid. And once you fear, it's a clear sign God's really not your refuge. It's really not. Though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake, it says, the word sealer, think about it. Amen? Think about it. Think about it. We have a place of power with God. It says in some... Uh, let me go first. Psalm 40, 105. It says, He permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, He, he rebuked the kings for their sakes. Saying... Do not touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm. That's God declaring that will not happen. Psalm 44, verse 4 and 5. You are my king, O God. Listen what he says. Command victories for Jacob. Command victories for Jacob. And guess what? I am Jacob. Is God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, now God of good luck. You may not like it, but he's my God. Whether you like it or not, he's my God. And if it can't happen to Jacob, if God's going to command victories for Jacob, I got victories. If you are Abraham's, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. 
I am Jacob. God has commanded victories. Why would I have victory? Because troubles come to me. I will have victory. God has commanded victories. Though you, through you, listen, through you, we will push down the enemies. Through you, through God, we will push down the enemies, no matter who they are. Enemies, push down. I would, because I am Jacob, and God has commanded victories for me. Can I hear an amen? amen. A louder amen. amen. Yes, we have victory over the enemy. If you don't believe it, you keep having troubles. And your troubles keep getting you down. Till you are to the place where you are so depressed, you can't function anymore. But you can trust in the Lord. And don't lean on your own understanding. Through you, we will. Notice the word will, not may. We will push down our enemies. Through you, or through your name, so we know what that name is. Amen? What's the name? Can I hear it again? Through Jesus, we will trample those who rise up against us. Including this virus. Amen? Amen. It's under our feet. Amen. God says to us, in Luke 10 verse 19, it says, notice the word, it says, you will trample those who rise up against us. Jesus, said, the, Jesus uh, told us this in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority. You got the power and the authority or, uh, over to trample, he says. So we've already talked about trample those who rise up against us. And there, the scripture, yet, uh, Luke 10 verse 19. Behold, I give you, Jesus saying, I give you. So if Jesus is giving me, I'm receiving it. Amen. Would you receive that power, that authority this morning? I receive the power and authority. He's coming from Jesus. His word is everlasting. His word cannot go back to him. Boy, he's spoken it and so will it be. So I receive it because it's the truth. That's the truth. So I have the truth. He says, behold, I give you, in other words, look, I have given you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And then he says, nothing shall ever by any means prevail against you. That's absolute victory. That's what I believe for my life. Don't fear nothing. Just want God's will in my life. And God will take care of it. And don't complain. Don't ask why. Don't understand. Don't care about that. He understands. He knows why. Amen. And that's good enough for me. I have a good heavenly father. He takes care of me. I got nothing to worry about. I do what I need to do. And that's all I can do. Keith Green says, I'm doing my best. He'll take care of the rest. I do my best. He takes care of the rest. I'm not going to be careless. Do what's right. But I'm not going to be doing that out of fear. Buying the whole uh, aisle of uh, water <laughs> in the grocery shop. How long are you going to be drinking water? <laughs> it's frightening. No weapon formed against you will what? That's victory. Amen. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, God says to condemn that. That's the inheritance for everyone who is a believer. That's the inheritance. 
God's purpose is for his children. I want to talk about that. God and his people. God has put under all things under the feet of Jesus. I need to hurry. Listen to what it says. And he put all things under his feet, that Jesus' feet, and gave him to be head. This is talking spiritually, okay? In the way God sees it, Jesus is your head. Just the church is Jesus, kind of. And Jesus is the head of the church. So when you look at the church as a person, Jesus at the top. He's the head. And that's true. Spiritually, that's how Satan sees it. You know why? Because God has said it. You may not see it, but that's the way God sees it. God sees Jesus as your head. He is your head. Listen to what he says. And he has put all things. How many things? All things under his feet. That's the feet of Jesus. And gave him to be head. God said that first. And then he tells you, God gave Jesus to be your head. That's what it says here. Gave him to be head over all things. Head over all things in your life. He is the head of all things. To the church. And then it defines the church. Which the church is his body. You may not say it that way, but that's the way he sees it. The church is his body. The fullness of him that fills all in all. Without the church, he cannot fill all in all. See that? Please understand your place of authority. And walk from there. And have victory in your life. That's what God said. He is the head. And through you and without you, he cannot feel all in all. That makes you very vital in this thing that God's doing. And we need to see ourselves that way. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be destroyed. Because if you are destroyed and defeated, then they destroy the head also. You can't say my head is hurting, but I'm not hurting. You can't say that. Or my body, my feet, my feet are my feet are hurting. But I'm not hurting. People think you lost your mind. Because one, when one part suffers, the whole body suffers, right? Jesus is your head. How can you fail? No one can defeat him. No one can. We are made to sit with him in heavenly places. I need to move forward. And God has made us all, con- all conquerors. But I want to go back to this. Notice in uh, Psalm 46, Psalm 46, he says, for you will not fear. Do you know why Christians have all these things coming at them? And many feel very defeated in different areas of their lives. They feel like there's nothing I can do. The reason for that is this. Do you know the scripture? Now in Psalm 46, he says, you will not fear, Right? You will not fear. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time, in, in, uh, present, present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Because God's there, you have no reason to be afraid. 
That's Psalm 23. Psalm 23. It makes the Lord is my shepherd. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. I will not fear. Just no fear. And that's what's causing us trouble. Fear. Fear. Once you fear, you've opened the door. He says in Isaiah 54 verse 14, and I'm closing with this. In righteousness you will be established. Amen? In righteousness you will be established. In righteousness you will be established. In right standing with God, you will be established. When God establishes you, no one can change that. In righteousness, and you are righteous, you will be established. You shall be far from oppression. Why? For you shall not fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not fearing, I'm not afraid of any bad stuff coming to me because I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I have no fear. And God says you will be far from oppression because you will not fear. Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That's what it is. You will not fear. And from terror, (laughs) for it shall not come near you. See, that's what it is. Refuse to be afraid no matter what you hear. Just refuse because God has said that. When you refuse to be afraid, you are standing on God's side. And God is watching over his word to make sure that his word comes true. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. I'm praying that those at home will understand what we're talking about today. We have the victory already. Until what your assignment, tell yourself that, until your assignment, because God has a purpose for your life, until your assignment in this life is done, nobody can take you out. Nobody. No disease, no virus, nothing. When your assignment is over, it's time to go home. And God give. But when you feel like, no, I'm not satisfied yet, nothing can take you out. But if you fear, and you're afraid of what's coming at you, you've opened the door. It has nothing to do with God. So we refuse to fear. At the Ark Fellowship, the Ark Prayer Center, we will not fear. We will always stand with our God. Would you lift your hands up this morning? I know if you're here this morning, you, you really believe God because most people are going nowhere. <laughs> but I need you to tell yourself this morning, think, think about it. Many times in the scriptures in Joshua, God kept telling Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be very courageous. Don't be afraid. Tell yourself this morning, I am going to be courageous. I am not going to be afraid. I refuse to complain. I refuse to ask God, why? Because he knows why. In his time, he will reveal that to you. But you, leave it out. Amen.
That's our portion. Shall we give him a clap offering? Because his protection is over us. And we don't have any reason to be afraid. Is there something in your life that you need God to do, take care of today? We have some of our prayer partners here with us. Did I use the word some? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> prayer partners, please come up. And you can come and meet with them. And God will minister to you as we close. I pray that what you've heard today has given you courage in your heart. And strengthened your heart. So you know God's with you. And if God is with you, no one can be against you. Amen. Father, we thank you today for a time in your presence. A time in your word. Thank you that your word never returns to you void. We receive the word. And we are protected, healed, and strong because you are our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Thank you, God. Be with your people today. Let them go with joy and laughter and gladness of heart because you are always with us, even to the end of the age. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We dismiss.